Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you with us. Our co-host, Carol Zerniel, on special assignment today, so I am flying solo. Caregiver SOS on air, by the way, is available not only over the air on radio, but also via podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And we hope you tune in and listen uh, to the dozens and dozens of shows we have done over the last many years. We talk about an important topic today, and of course, I originate out of San Antonio, Texas, dubbed Military City USA, and this is a topic that comes up very often within this community and elsewhere, caring for our nation's veterans. Sean Moore is joining us, who deals with this both personally and professionally, and she serves as Director of Support Programs for the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. She's an alumna of the 2017 Dole Caregivers Fellow for Missouri and was also assisted with the Foundation's Respite Relief Program prior to becoming a caregiver to her husband, who served 23 years in the U.S. Army. Sean served as a police officer for nearly 15 years at the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. She then obtained a Master's of Social Work degree from Park University. She's a licensed Master, master Social Worker in both Missouri as, uh, as well as elsewhere. Prior to joining the foundation, she founded Caregivers on the Home Front, where she stood up for mental health programming for veteran and military caregivers and their children. And we are delighted, Sean, to have you with us. We thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm super excited to be here, Ron. Thank you so much for having me and talking about and advocating for these many uh, caregivers of our veterans. In fact, 5.5 million military and veteran caregivers out there. Tell us about your own situation. Your husband had been in the Army uh, for 23 years, uh, and you became his caregiver. What was the situation that put you in that role? Absolutely. So uh, like many um, caregivers, I would say I probably don't fit the, the mold, although there are a few of us that met their veteran after they um, served um, on active duty. So I met my husband in 2013 as he was being medically discharged from the Army after 23 years. And looking at him, you would not be able to see any of his injuries from his seven combat tours to Afghanistan. But if you lived with him, I guarantee you, you'd be able to see them come out. Um, He has what we have called the invisible wounds of war. And when we met, I was a police officer with the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department and really found myself in a unique situation because as often those of us that have those professional roles that we don't like bringing home um, and being a police officer wasn't one role that I liked bringing home, but it was the only way that I could compartmentalize what was going on at home and really... um, lack of better words, handle his, my husband's emotional wounds of war, such as PTSD, um, anxiety, major depressive disorder, and suicidality. 
it was really challenging. And then being that police officer and getting a phone call from home going, hey, I need you home. That really didn't work well with with being a police officer. So I I left in in 2019. But what I remember, yes, I I left um, the police department in 2019 after um, a couple of really rough years with my husband and his challenges of having those invisible wounds, as well as just, you know, getting away from the military after 23 years, that civilian life is, is really different than the military life. With PTSD, uh, there's sometimes a tendency to be violent. Was he violent? Um, he was not violent to anyone, um, anyone else and himself. It was more, um, he would take his anger out maybe on, um, oh gosh, like an object of his. Um, he would maybe throw something of his up against the wall or what have you. Um, but not necessarily like it has been portrayed in a lot of the movies that are out there. Many of the folks with PTSD do not get violent. They tend to isolate more than anything. And and that's just as hard because when they're isolating, they're not doing family things. They're not going to, you know, kids ball games. They're not going to those back to school nights or parent teacher conferences. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with us. Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today. I'm talking with Sean Moore. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and we're talking with her about the situation involving her husband, 23 years in the military. She married him as he was leaving the military and uh, began struggling. He did with a variety of, as she said, silent, invisible challenges including PTSD, depression, and, and what have you, uh, which for you, Sean Moore, uh, had to be a real challenge. Did you know what you were getting into when you said, I do? Well, um, I did. Um, as a matter of fact, on our first date, he told me that he um, didn't have a job. Um, he was a recovering alcoholic, lived with his parents, and had PTSD. And my first thought on that very first date was, no worries. I got this. I'm a female. I can fix all that. And then, of course, I quickly realized that, um, like many of us, we can't fix someone else. Um, we can only do what we can for ourselves during times of challenges our loved one may have. And for me, um, I really found my spot in advocating for caregivers like myself in our local communities, because unless you are in San Antonio like you are, and um, of, of course the great state of Texas is very military friendly, where I'm at in Kansas City, Missouri, we're not a military city. So when I started talking about being a caregiver for my husband who is a veteran, people had no idea what I was talking about. Their faces would glaze over. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So it's it's really been my mission um, through becoming a fellow with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, learning how to advocate 
learning the systems of the DOD and the VA and Social Security so that I could navigate them and my husband could more take care of of himself and and find that find that I guess um back home feeling that he he just hadn't felt yet folks may remember Elizabeth Dole as a president at one time of the Red Cross a former senator her husband Bob Dole a senator uh tell us about the Elizabeth Dole Foundation what was that was all about I will tell you um for me and my journey of caregiving it is um a foundation that has given me purpose, a place to advocate not only for our situation, but others. And it, it was founded on those principles. Uh, Elizabeth Dole, when her husband Bob was at Walter Reed, started looking around at all the family members alongside the bedsides of our veterans. And it's realized- Walter Reed Hospital in Washington, D.C. Yes, um, realized that they had no support. They had no support. They had no one advocating for them. Thus, she founded the Elizabeth Dole Foundation to make sure that our policies or lack of policies speaking towards that veteran caregiver and those kids who live in these homes are being taken care of. And many of these caregivers have their own challenges. Um, when they're taking care of a loved one. If you can imagine, um, such as our situation, being around someone that is suicidal a good 90% of the time with several suicide attempts, what that must do to the family and what the family needs as well to make sure that they're healing from these challenges. I always say veterans don't heal in a vacuum. And many times they're healing around those family members. You're saying your husband attempted suicide on several occasions? He has. Um, and I, I would say uh, the first time, um, in fact, uh, what is today's date? The um, t- Tomorrow, uh, August 9th in 2017, so six years ago, was his first suicide attempt. And um, it was a day that I, I can still remember like it was yesterday. Um, I tell family members that I talk to, the veteran has their story from days like that, and so do the family members. And the family member's story is generally a lot different than than that that veteran's, Um, especially for us, because my husband did not remember anything that happened that day, yet I can vividly remember what happened that day. And I can also vividly remember no one reaching out to me asking if we were okay or if we needed anything. Wow. And I think that's, yes, that's what makes living this life um, sometimes very, very lonely. And you oftentimes will start thinking that I must be the only one out there going through this, which is why it's so important to have organizations such as the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. Usually, men are pretty good at killing themselves. Yes, because more than not, they use a firearm. And exactly. we know firearms, um, but usually there's no going back on on those. But my husband did not use that method, um, thankfully. Um, although his first suicide attempt, um, he, when we did find him, he wasn't breathing, um, my, my husband. 
used, um, this is the second leading cause of suicide in veterans, which is um, hanging or strangulation. And that is what, that was the method that he used. So we were very lucky to find him and get to him in time um, because there's not a lot of wiggle room in when, when you use um, a method like that as well. Had you found him yourself? Um, Actually, I had uh, called a couple of my um, friends that went to the police academy with me and asked them after a friend of mine pleaded for me not to go um, where I thought uh, my husband was and me be there all alone. Um, And she had to remind me several times that although I was a police officer at the time, we didn't necessarily go into those calls alone. So I thought, well, you're right. If this was a call for service, I wouldn't be by myself. Um, So I called a couple of my friends that I knew was not far away from where I thought my husband was and, and they were going to meet me. But um, when I told them, I didn't think it would end well, they decided to go ahead and um, not tell me that they had gotten there and they found him first, which was probably a good thing for a couple of reasons. One, had I not called them, there's no way I would have been able to get my husband down. He's a big guy. Um, I And I, although I was an officer and was on duty that day, I didn't carry a knife with me. So, um, wow. and then two, um, they saved me from seeing something that I, I probably didn't want to see. Um, so there, there's reasons for everything. And, and I have to, to stick with that. Stay with me just a minute. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today, and we are talking with Sean Moore. Uh, she has benefited from the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, her involvement there. She's also the founder of Caregivers on the Home Front, and we're going to talk with her about that as well, in addition uh, to the kind of work as a caregiver for a veteran that she's been involved in and others as well. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We're so pleased you are sticking with us right here on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today, and we're talking with Sean Moore. Sean is a retired police officer who has been caring for her husband, uh, suffering from PTSD and a variety of other challenges, a retired military, 23 years in the Army, and we were talking about a situation in which uh, some of her coworkers were able to get him down from uh, an attempt to hang himself. You mentioned, uh, uh, Sean, there have been other suicide attempts, fortunately none successful. That is exactly right. Fortunately, none successful. And, you know, that's really um, many, many caregivers. Um, I always tell people I am not unique. Um, the caregivers that we support 
at the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and in some of my other work have um, had these challenges as well. And without a, a caregiver who knows the signs and symptoms and what to do, um, we would probably have even more veteran suicides than we do have today. But when we yeah, can the numbers, equip, and the numbers yeah, are falling. Yes, they, they are. And, you know, when we can equip that caregiver with knowledge and tools to recognize these signs and symptoms before a crisis, um, just like Elizabeth Dole said, caregivers are the first line of defense for our veterans against suicide. And, and luckily, um, just like that day six years ago, uh, t- tomorrow in 2017, I knew something was terribly wrong. Um, I, I got, I had a, just a horrible gut feeling. I knew I couldn't get a hold of him, and I knew the challenges that he was going through, which really um, saved his life that day because we got there in time. And just like some of the other times, I've I've been able to recognize recognize those signs and get get to him and get him to an ER um, so that they could safely watch over him. Um, but if we think through that and put yourself in in these caregivers' shoes in something such as that, that's trauma for that caregiver as well as any kids in the household. Of course. And a, a startling fact is that 23% of spouses out of 457 that were polled experience suicidal ideation after becoming a caregiver to a veteran with mental health challenges. So we not only have a problem within our veterans, we have a a stark issue in those caregivers taking care of our veterans. Well, tell us, uh, I'm assuming the caregivers on the home front uh, grew out of your experience. It did. Um, So I I became an Elizabeth Dole Fellow in 2017 and was just so moved by the things that she was doing. And I I was going to have to shift from being an officer because it didn't mesh well with caregiving, but I didn't want to not do anything. So I went back to school, got my um, degree in social work and founded Caregivers on the Homefront really after uh, my experience with my husband, because there was no support in our area for me. And I wanted to make sure that we were offering evidence-based programs for the mental health and wellness of our caregivers, not only for themselves, but their entire family, so they can sustain themselves on this journey of caregiving. It's like Al-Anon for the children and spouses of alcoholics. Absolutely. We, but you know what? The family members need somewhere to go to. Um, if they're stuffing, you know, their their emotions because they're caring for their their veteran and they don't ever get a place to talk about what they're experiencing around others who get it without judgment, they are going to be hurting themselves. And I know that there are a lot of caregivers out there that are feeling lonely. And I encourage you to reach out to the Elizabeth Dole Foundation at elizabethdolefoundation.org and caregivers on the home front at caregivers-homefront.org. There you're going to find support and others that are going through similar things just like you are. 
when you got into the uh, situation with your husband, when you realized that uh, he needed more support and more care uh, than I suspect, uh, you recognized the day you said, I do. Was there a day you said to yourself, you know, I got to be out of here? It is a difficult journey. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, the, the people that know me know that I'm very vulnerable um, and upfront with our situation. And I am not going to lie. Um, being a caregiver to anyone, um, but in my situation, a veteran who has some major mental health challenges, it does not make it easy on our relationship. Um, being a caregiver, you, you kind of take on this role as caregiver, and it quickly weeds out you being a spouse um, to that veteran because you're always in caregiving mode. You're not in that other role of being a spouse, a partner, a mom or dad or an adult child. You take on this role of caregiver, and then it um, it it becomes very hard on your relationships. Um so it's a struggle. Um, we have to work with it, work at it every day. Um, and it's not it's not easy. We did a, a program recently with Dr. Harry Croft, a nationally known psychiatrist on PTSD and veterans and others talking about the challenge caregivers face, uh, especially trying to care for someone with PTSD. And then because of the trauma uh, they're involved in many caregivers develop PTSD as well. Absolutely. Many have secondary um, secondary trauma from the things that they're um, going through around their role of caregiving. These caregivers are at a higher rate of depression than their civilian counterparts. They have a tougher time staying in the job um, job market or at their employer. Um, because of the challenges situated around that veteran and how many appointments they have. So, you know, always to say it's not only about caring for our veterans. It's about caring for that entire, entire veteran family unit. How's your husband doing today? Or is oh, every, day, husband, uh... <laughs> every day is um, a unique challenge? Um, he, he has been impatient for different times. Since May, he just got home this past weekend um, from his fourth stay. Um, his depression is kicking his butt right now. And, and I know he's trying diligently every day to, to stay involved um, and, and not let it take him under. Um, and then for, for me and my daughter that's at home, we are walking on eggshells every day, hoping that today will be the breakthrough that he needs. What's it like for your daughter? How old is she? My youngest daughter will be 13 in October. Um, and and it's been challenging. You know, these care these children take on that secondary caregiving role without us even telling them to do so. You know, she was, I can remember when she was six, reminding, reminding him to take his meds at night. And now that she's gotten older, she recognizes the the pattern that he has around his suicidality. Um, so not only do I see it, she sees it as well. And, and she's barely 13. Um, what are the so, behaviors? What are the behaviors that you see triggering uh, suicidal intent? Um, I, I see, especially in our veterans, it, it's, 
it's really challenging um, for them. They had a mission while they were in the military. And when they get out of it, especially after someone like my husband spending 23 years in going right from high school to the military, that's all he has known. That's all he's known. He was told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it for 23 years of of his adult life. And then when he gets home and out of the military, you know, you're having to find your way on your own when you're not used to it. And and with my husband's challenges, he he can't hold a full-time job. Um, He does some volunteer work. Um, I and I give him quite a bit of honeydew lists um, huh. to, to keep him involved. Um, but that's a huge challenge for our veterans, wow. finding that I, purpose. I'm going to have to stop you right here. We're flat out of time. But for folks who want to get a hold of Caregivers on the Home Front, give us that website again. It's caregivers-homefront.org. And then I would encourage you to reach out to the Elizabeth Dole Foundation as well at Elizabeth Dole Foundation. Sean Moore, thank you so much for sharing that story. We appreciate it so much. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again soon, right here on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.